To the Get More Smarter podcast. This is a special episode. We'll call it 124. I'm Jason Bain. I'm Ian Silveri. On this special episode of the Get More Smarter podcast, the 43rd governor of the great state of Colorado, Democrat Jared Polis, joins us yet again. We talk the 2022 campaign, truth in advertising, executing an agenda during COVID, saving people money, and the best cut of meat of a cow, the brisket. All right, it is now my great pleasure to introduce returning guest to the show, our governor, your governor, Democrat Jared Polis. Welcome back to the Get More Smarter podcast. Hey, Jason, Ian, how are you? Good to see you both. Uh, we're we're doing doing well. I don't think either of us are as uh, uh, cheerful as you are right now, but that's... Despite being significantly less busy than you are. There's only 49 days to go till the election. <laughs> uh, you know, if somebody listening to this, maybe there's 48, 47, 46, I don't know, 42 days. It depends when you listen to this. But it is here. Like, the election is here. Ballots going down in a couple of weeks. It's happening. How does this campaign for you compare to your previous campaigns? Does it feel different in any way? Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, so, you know, first of all, when you run for Congress every two years, which is very frequently, um, you know, you're always kind of out in, in in a limited area in your district and really doing a lot of, of hands-on events and seeing people. Um, you also are always able to kind of run against something as a congressperson because you're against the president or Congress. I, you know, I ran against Trump or ran against Republican House. I mean, you're, 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 you're telling the attack. Likewise, when I first ran for governor, I got to set out, you know, kind of boldly. Here's what I'm going to do. Now we have a couple advantages and disadvantages. One is we're better known. People generally like a lot of the work we did, free preschool and kindergarten to progress to save people money in healthcare. But we also, in a different way, kind of own everything. So, like, you know, there's a pothole in front of your house. It's Governor Polis. <laughs> the Polis pothole strikes again. Right. Which, you know, I can talk all I want about our bipartisan transportation package, which is accelerating the 10-year plan, reducing traffic. But, you know, what does that mean when it translates into, like, you know, the road that you're on? And it's probably the city anyway, didn't repair it in time. So, so in a different kind of way, there's advantages and disadvantages. You're known. People generally like what you did. Right. But uh, you also are kind of you can't run against the state because you in many ways are the state. As a statewide candidate, do you often come across your opponent or do you not really ever see him? No, I, I don't see them very often. Um, I was at the Pueblo State Fair and my opponent, uh, Danielle Neuschweger, had a booth. I stopped by to see her. I, I stopped by to see Heidi. She wasn't there. So, I mean, we're sometimes in the same place at different times. Like, I think I was at a forum this weekend where she might have been there earlier in the day and I wasn't. Um, obviously, we're going to have a number of debates. I think we have 11 that we've agreed to. And Whoa, really? Yeah, I, I don't know how many she'll show up to. But <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say in the other 10 that you didn't say in the first one? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Exactly. And I mean, this is like a record for recent history. It's like a record number of days because I like debates. I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to bring it. Like we got some real differences here between me and, you know, somebody who has their first decision picked an election denier as their running mate and uh, would ban a, a woman's right to choose and uh, tear up our uh, act that protected the right that right in Colorado. And there's a lot of differences we want to highlight on the campaign trail. But no, um, I would say in the past, I've seen my opponents more. I have not I have not seen her uh, that much, if at all, uh, in this in this campaign. But th that has as much to do with 
the way she's running her campaign is the way, you know, way I am. I'm, I'm out there every day. We hear a lot of grumbling from Republicans that you can self-fund your campaign to a, to a large degree. I think of it another way that perhaps it makes it easier for you to stand up to special interests because you don't need their help in a campaign. Do you find that to be the case to some degree? Yeah, I mean, you know, two things. And obviously, you know, some people like it, some people don't. And I would say most people just really care more about what you're going to do as governor, because uh, there's no great way to fund a campaign, as, as you all know. Um, so AI, I, I still raise money. I raise it for, you know, the Democratic Party. I raise it for the coordinated. But I don't have to spend as much time raising, which means I can spend more time at grassroots events, meeting real people, hearing from real people. So that's one benefit. Yeah, and the second is, um, because I have cap contributions at $100, and we have over 14,000, you know, contributors. I mean, it's amazing to see the Really? Support over fourteen thousand people have donated. Dang, that's yeah. a lot. Thank you, Ian. We're, we're we're proud of each and every one of them. Um, and you know, probably probably three or four are Republican operators who just want to get on our list. But the rest of them, I'm very proud of. Worth um, the price, man. Yeah, I, 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 you guys have never done that. Never done that, right? Never done that. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 no. We we sign up and get blocked. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so you know, I I think it's 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 empowering in that way. And else, as you said, Jason. Yeah, I'm not the people of Colorado know I'm not beholden to anybody, right? Whether it's the big insurance companies, whether it's uh, uh, international corporations, um, I'm you know I hear everybody out. I try to make rational decisions based on on facts and data, but I'm not coming to it from a place of of owing it to like a major contributor or contributors. So you've got three different TV ads on right now, I think. We are phasing out of uh, shoes and into, I think there's a little overlap, but yeah, the firefighter one is important. I'm endorsed by the firefighters. We have stepped at the bar like Colorado has never seen on fire protection from investments in mitigation, uh, support for firefighting agencies, equipment, state equipment, firehawk helicopter, lease capacity for air tankers and helicopters. So this is something we take very seriously. And uh, we want to tell that story because, I mean, this is going to be only a bigger and bigger issue for Colorado. Unfortunately, you're right. And uh, heading into the season so far, we've been pretty lucky, but you never know what the fall brings. How involved are you in the sort of creative process? You've been doing this kind of stuff for a real long time. Do you have a lot to do with this or you just kind of let your staff take care of it? Well, I played myself in the ads. So, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get an um, actor or stunt double. That's good. Yeah, you know, I played myself. I, I um uh, you know, I wasn't able to use like old photos because I have a little less hair than I used to have. So like, oh, I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. What's really funny is one of the negative ads running against me shows me from I'm not kidding. It was it was 1999. What's that? 24 years ago. It shows a shot of me. <laughs> I mean, it barely looks like me because I have like this big, big, like head of like curly hair. And, like, I, I don't I don't even know if people are getting something I, like literally 20, 24 years ago. I mean, just crazy. But um, but yeah, in general, um. I, I obviously, uh, you know, own whatever my message is, not the DGA one, right? I don't know. I didn't know what they were doing, yeah, sure. yeah, whatever they do, but on my stuff, uh, we are, you know, I want to make sure it can, obviously I can convincingly, you know, it's authentic. It's who I am. Uh, it tells the story of what we're doing. And, uh, we also know that we only have a limited ability to tell that story across, you know, what, four or five, six ads over the course of the campaign. And we have to have that arc that makes sense for people about not only what I've done and the credibility we have and the leadership I've, I've, um, executed on, but also the plan for it to save people more money in the years ahead to improve public safety, improve fire protection for Colorado. So since you're pretty involved, I mean, how important is it to you that your advertising reflects like the truth about you as a person or a candidate? Like we got this Joe O'Day that 
the Republican nominee for Senate who's like starting ads running to have others essentially say that he's pro-choice while he says he's pro-life and it is like obviously untrue. Uh, would you ever approve an ad like that that was like technically correct, but obviously not? Mine are pretty straightforward. I mean, I literally do wear sneakers everywhere. You guys have seen me. It's definitely not the shoes. It's definitely not the shoes. I mean, that's that's very straightforward. And our work on fire, we're just very factual about it. And, you know, any, anything else we're going to do is just going to be based on what have you done and what are you going to do? And obviously voters are most concerned with what are you, you going to do, right? And then, of course, you want some type of in telling that story of what you're going to do, you want some way of conveying who you are as a person, your character, your biography. I mean, you want to, you don't, sometimes you want to run a straight bio piece. I don't need to do that. This cycle. Turns out they know you. Right. You want to somehow weave in parts of that into, into what you're going to do for people. So if I'm talking about how Colorado has, you know, one of the strongest economies in the country, you know, third strongest recovery, one of the lowest unemployment rates. We also tie in, you know, I was a business person who created hundreds of jobs and we know how to make sure our state can succeed. So that, you know, like that. Take notes, y'all. This is a masterclass. Hey, don't people get paid for masterclasses? I mean, you guys should, <laughs> you can pin me out. You can pin me out. I'll, I'll come, if you guys do a masterclass, I'll come on as your guest. Supposedly you get paid for podcasts too, but we haven't figured that out. It'll be Jared Polis, the Get More Smarter podcast resident masterclass next to Charles Ashby, our Western uh, slope course. Correspondent, and you both will get the same pay scale. Because I totally, I see all the ads for those. We all do, like on YouTube and stuff. And I'm like, wow, if I had the time, I would actually like sign up for this masterclass. I seem kind of cool, but I obviously don't have the time. But, you know, either this January or four years from now, maybe I'll have a little more time on my hands. Hopefully not this January. When you ran in 2018, you had a very ambitious agenda. You kind of had to pause for a little bit because of COVID. But that aside, how, how do you think you you did in terms of making progress on all the things you promised? Well, you know, I really ran on um, some bold goals and uh, we have a great report card for people. One was when I was elected, Colorado will lead half day kindergarten. Parents had to pay for full day. I said, we want to get free preschool and kindergarten for every parent. We got it done just in time for Ian's uh, kid, not in time for yours, Jason. Sorry, you probably didn't pay out of pocket for that. But we uh, so kindergarten started preschool fall of next year. Uh, number two, 100% renewable energy by 2040. Uh, we are on track. We've locked in 80% renewable energy in just seven and a half years. By 2030, we'll probably hit 80% sometime in 2029, uh, and uh, we'll be able to get that, that final 20% in the in the intervening decade. Saving people money on healthcare, a lot of great work. Uh, pharmaceutical, negotiated price on pharmaceutical, with the Colorado option coming online, reinsurance to reduce rates by 22% for individuals in the uh, individual market. Um, so a lot more work ahead, but a lot we've gotten done, and we're going to redouble our efforts to take on special interest to save you money. Uh, and we also uh, got a lot done to save people money, reduce costs and fees. Uh, one of the largest property tax cuts in Colorado history, uh, eliminating sales tax for items like diapers and feminine hygiene products. Uh, and of course, the rebate check, you know, nine months ahead of schedule, everybody getting 750 bucks. So a lot to point to in all four of those things. And we're really focused on what we're going to do for people in the next four years. You should probably practice your message more. I'm not sure you have it down. <laughs> <laughs> Message one message. <laughs> That's remarkable. Which of those is closest uh, to being near and dear to your heart? I mean, if you had one that you could only keep, what would it be? I mean, the work that I'm most personally involved with and, and has been most much of my 
uh, it's not really commentary, which is most important. They're all super important. But sure. like my own, my own work and involvement and passion has been around early childhood education. So preschool and kindergarten, and we're going to get this right. We're very excited about the rollout fall of next year. Um, you know, like everybody, I, I, I want to, you know, save people money on healthcare and, and do, and, and, um, achieve our environmental goals. But I, you know, a lot of my work for those of you who are listening, who don't know me, I've started schools. My first office was state board of education for six years. We have two kids ourselves. And so that's really an area that I'm very passionate about and spend a lot of time on. And in my next term, I, I hope to, to make continued progress, not only in early childhood education, but to reduce class size, uh, pay teachers better and make higher education more affordable. So even before inflation started taking off and gas prices spiked to a pretty high level over the summer, thank goodness they're starting to come down now. Um, you were on the saving people money on healthcare bandwagon a long time, saving people money in general. You set up the entire office, put your lieutenant governor in charge of it. I mean, this is some foresight. So like, I've heard so many newscasters just say, and here goes Jared Polis again, saving people money. Pretty good. Why Why did you decide to focus on that even before the sort of economic constraints that we ended up in uh, over the summer? Yeah, it's kind of become a big piece of our brand is, is saving people money. Um, and, and that's because I think most Coloradans, we, we love Colorado. Uh, it's a great place to live. You know, I, you might've seen the pictures. I went fishing yesterday in Grand County. I mean, but whether you, you know, fish or ski or hike or just walk your dog in your neighborhood or enjoy our culture at the, at the theater. I mean, we have, we're, we're a great state, but the biggest challenge that most folks have is being able to afford to enjoy what we have to offer. To a certain extent, we're a victim of our own success. More people move here, push housing prices up. It's harder and harder for people to um, not just get by, but thrive. And so, you know, it's not that we don't have jobs here. We do, right? There's, there's jobs. Uh, but it's that, it, you know, we, we want to make sure that we can do our part to reduce your costs so that you can enjoy everything that our state has to offer and, and live your own life uh, and enjoy that freedom that, that Colorado has. And that's why we focus on that agenda. So the big costs, healthcare, housing, but everything along the way, like reducing the cost of a state park pass, you know, saving uh, hikers and, and cyclists money from $84 to $29, uh, reducing uh, the uh, or eliminating occupational licenses for fees for so many professions, uh, getting the refund check back, uh, earned income tax credit. Uh, all of these things are about how we can empower people to really have the resources they need to thrive in our state. So you get elected in 2018. Your first year as governor is 2019. You're, you got the big, bold agenda. You're executing on a ton of it. And then all of a sudden, January 2020, things start feeling weird. And by March, you know, COVID is all over the world and, and it's just changed everything we do. Do you think your response would have been different if, God forbid, that happened in your first year as governor? Or were you glad that you had one under your belt? And did that help you kind of respond better in year two? Well, there's no playbook for a global pandemic, right? This is the <laughs> first yeah. one in a century. Yeah, <laughs> We, you know, looked at some of the notes from the Spanish flu, but, it, you know, they were faded and, and tattered. Um, and and uh, and we're grateful, by the way, for the, the role of, of science and modern technology in delivering a safe, highly effective vaccine. One of the ways we were able to, you know, end the, the pandemic earlier in Colorado is we have one of the higher vaccination rates in the country. Uh, especially among our most vulnerable. Uh, so, you know, we did what we could with the, the data we had at the time. We, as, as you know, in Colorado, we had one of the shortest shutdown periods in the entire nation, red states, blue states. We got our schools back early. Our economy is stronger than it's ever been. Uh, and, you know, while it's, it's awful, it's tragic that we lost 13,850 you know, Coloradans and, and I lost two friends to covid 
that is still the eighth lowest death, death rate of any wow. state. And I so I think that's that. something that we can be proud of. Yeah. Yeah, you should be proud of that. We're still learning more about what happened during the insurrection on January 6, 2021. We haven't had a chance to ask you about this. Where, where were you at, at the time and what went through your head as somebody who's really familiar with the Capitol and that building? Yeah, so I was uh, not at the Capitol, but that was where I used to work. So, I mean, to anybody who worked in the House of Representatives or served as a representative, literally where that where, where one lady, the one lady was killed was actually what we call the speaker's lobby, trying breaking the glass to get on the floor of the House. Like that was literally 10 feet from the door that leads to the House of Representatives. Uh, and, and so it's, it's something that like every day you, you walk through there. I mean, it's just, and it's just right there. So it was really scary, I think for everybody to watch, but as somebody who literally had worked every day and and been in those very places and seen my colleagues cowering, right. in fear, like those pictures, um, you know, Jason Crow, others just like, you know, ducking and covering and trying to get out to safety. It was, it was a scary day for our country. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm grateful there's hopefully a thorough accounting of those activities and that all those responsible are held, you know, fully accountable. What's your sense for the Republican Party these days and, and their their impetus to take away a lot of basic rights and freedoms? What's your sense of why that's happening now? Because this is unique for me and all the time I've been in politics. Well, you know, I can I can barely figure out why my own party does things, no less the other party. So I don't know if that's a good, a good question. But but I can say that, like, as a basic value, I value freedom and, and, you know, the individual ability to live their life as they want, who you marry, the right to vote, uh, the right uh, to uh, over control your own reproductive health. I mean, these are fundamental freedoms that are very personal. And of course, we all find great irony in the other party, a party that at times says they value smaller government to actually value a larger government control over the most intimate things people do, like get married, have kids. I mean, that that is something that is an anathema to kind of my view of, of what freedom is that we cherish in Colorado and in the United States. So what do you think about, you know, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott and these other governors, uh, Florida and Texas, sending migrants to blue states to try and own the libs? Well, first of all, I, I don't you know, I personally as, as somebody, you know, as on the public service side and it was the same in the business world. I don't like the kind of showmanship side of the job. And you guys know me. I'm not like a showman. I'm just like roll my sleeves, get it done. Like. I, you know, even the folks who do it on a side, I support, like, to me, that's a bit of a distraction. Like when people are doing these, clearly they're doing things for the controversy it creates. Like you generally don't hear me doing that. I try to make progress. You know, some people agree with some of it, all of it, whatever we're doing. But like, you know, when a governor is distracting from their duty of governing, that's my fundamental job. And that's Governor DeSantis's job, Governor Abbott's job. When they said, you know, I'm taking some time from my day instead of focusing on making the state better to kind of. I don't know what, you know, uh, sort of sensationalize very complicated issues, right? I mean, these are, these are tough issues. We need to solve them. We need better border security. We need immigration reform. Yes. But like these weird ways of sensationalizing it don't like lead our country towards actually solving them. I think the most aggressive thing I've ever seen you do against another state is like dunk on New Mexico, Chile, and we're right. 
like you know, Pueblo that, Chili's. That's right. That's like that's like the most <laughs> I've ever like, got on my got on my box there. That's because Pueblo Chili is the best it in sure the world. Is. You know. And like speaking of which, like just you know, quick quick personal question before I let you go. Um, we understand that you have a brisket recipe. I, I'm a bit of a brisket guy myself. I actually have a full packer brisket brining in uh, curing salt to make pastrami right now as we speak. Tell, tell us what's in yours, would you? I'm jealous. So uh, first of all, you can Google it, Jared Polis brisket, because <laughs> I put it in an op-ed. Uh, I have to consist, constantly prove that I make the best brisket. I, 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 you know, I, I challenge anybody to that. But yeah, I, I love making brisket uh, in our home. Also, I get, I, I get, we get a lot of, I, I do a lot of, um, our kids love a lot of different cuts and, uh, you know, round steaks and skirt steaks. So we, we have a lot of fun with it. But yeah, so if you actually pull us brisket and Jared Polis, you'll see my brisket rub. 24 hours ahead, keep it in the fridge overnight and then cook it on, on the low heat. Yeah. So depending on the size of the brisket, you're talking, you know, four to eight hours at, you know, 225 or so. Um, if you're doing the smoker, it's different, but I'm just doing, are you doing bake. it in the oven yeah, or I'm doing, on the I'm doing it on the oven on a bake at about 225 for, you know, four to eight hours, depending on the size of the brisket. This, this is not a guy that's, that, that is uh, <laughs> faking his love for meat by any means. Oh my gosh. Some of the weirdest stories, you know, when I'm done being governor, I'll just share it, but it's, it's just bizarre. The things that people think, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, we actually love cooking in our family. My, and what's fun is now my 10 year old son loves cooking, which is great. I'm um, even more than me. And he, you know, it gets, it's, it's really fun. So it's an activity we do together, but it's also one that like he does. And so, um, and my, uh, husband and my daughter are good eaters, um, generally speaking, which is also good. So, um, we have a really an audience <laughs> and, um, they do the dishes after, right. So Casper, that's the deal, right. We do all the work cooking and they do the cleanup <laughs> and that suits me well. Cause I can't say I cleaned up either can Caspian. So it's a good deal. And you're, you know, sometime we'll have you guys over and make you some home cook. We'll take you up on that. Yeah. Including brisket, Ian. I'll put mine up against yours. I, I cannot wait. Well, Jared Polis, the 43rd governor of the great state of Colorado, a Democrat. Thank you so much for coming back to the Get More Smarter podcast. Good luck in the next seven weeks. Go fight win. Polisforcolorado.com. Check it out. Find him on Twitter. Find him on Facebook. Find him on the Get More Smarter podcast. Take care. Man, he's really funny. (laughs) He is. He seems to be in a, a good headspace. And I I appreciate that he understands, he's conscious of the absurdity of a lot of this, like the fact that they, Republicans keep saying he doesn't like meat, which is so dumb. And he's like such a carnivore. The yeah. dude is. <laughs> he's like, I don't understand this, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, look that brisket recipe up. I think I might actually try it the next time I get one going. It's it's fall, which is like my favorite time to do long barbecue stuff. So I'm gonna do the polis recipe, but on the smoker because that's the appropriate way to make a brisket. I'm not gonna do either of those things, but I will eat uh, whatever either of you cook. So you be the judge. We're gonna that's right. we're gonna have that brisket off at some point. All right, that'll do it. Be for a this. more smarter. Podcast is a production of ColoradoPolls.com and the Bighorn Company. Your hosts are me, Ian Silveri, and America's dad, Jason Bain, the one not in jail. <laughs> he also somehow engineers and produces the show. Breakmaster Cylinder made the theme song. Go outside. It's so nice. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Rate the show and leave us a review on the iTunes store if you got more smarter. 
Somebody came up to Brittany at the Eleanor Roosevelt dinner and said that this podcast gets her through the week. Whoever you are, you lovely person. Thank you. I wish we could do more for you. Find yeah. us at getmoresmarter.com and send all your email to Jason at getmoresmarter.com. Thank you so much for listening, Except, especially you. You know who you are. See you next time. I can't even remember what city I'm in half the time. <laughs> 49 more days. Yeah.